Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. And welcome back to Active Quest. This is episode 31, and I'm your host, Joseph Yaden. Uh, joining me today is uh, Chris Penwell. How's it going, Chris? Good, good. How are you, man? Uh, well, I was good until I discovered that I had some sort of stain on my shirt. I don't know what this is. It makes me even like, was I abducted by aliens? Like, I don't remember eating anything. Yeah. I mean, that's the only logical solution, or that's the only logical thing I could think of. Um, and that other voice you heard of course, is uh, Josh Nichols. How's it going, Josh? Hey, pretty good. I do not have a stain, but I'm jealous because I like honey mustard, and that's what you said it might be. Or alien splooge, I don't know. Dude, what if alien splooge is honey mustard, and that's what we've been doing this whole time? <laughs> if that's true, then alien splooge is delicious. <laughs> like, that's where it comes from? That's what Yeah, I... <laughs> they're just milking some aliens in space. Oh, wow. Milking some aliens in space. That's a new sentence I've never heard before. Um, <laughs> speaking of milking aliens in space. Okay, gotta do that. Oh, me too. I got lemon. What do you got? Um, key lime. But I went to the store yesterday and I bought lemon, like you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then some other weird fruit that I've never heard of. I can't even... I don't is even it apricot? Chris is always talking no, about apricots. It's not apricot. I think it starts with the P. Passion um, fruit. No. Pain not pain. pomegranate. No, I don't know. One of those weird like, exotic. Do Canadians things. invent apricots? Because I've only heard Chris talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen them at the store in America. Really? So, That's weird. Yeah. So and, um, you know so what? I, I went to the. I uh, tried to get a Lacroix for today, and I had trouble finding one. Like I couldn't find one anything at at, at the store, at the natural grocery store, or whatever. <laughs> so, huh. yeah. We, so it's weird. Maybe it's only. It, was it? Is this like a like a local place? Like that's like organic. Like organic, like yeah, that? an organic store. Yeah, they used that's to sell like a bunch of them, and then there's none there. So I was like, what? Hmm. What happened? Maybe if you went to like a regular chain, you guys have Walmart, yeah. I'm sure, right? Oh, we have Safeway has like a whole box of them, but you know the Croy's not worth it, man. Like I got my diet coke, <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, great. I don't know, man. I can't drink that stuff. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, believe it or not, Active Quest is a video game podcast, and uh, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about today. Uh, so they announced Doom 1, 2, and 3 on basically any platform, uh, on all platforms. So we'll talk about that. That was uh, from uh, QuakeCon. 
there's a pretty good PlayStation Summer Sale going on, and I just wanted to pick out some highlights from that because uh, like almost every like main like AAA game that you could think of is is on there. Um, like it's pretty good. It's a really good sale. Um, uh, so last week we covered the Joy-Con drift issue, and Nintendo finally issued a statement on that and what they're doing to remedy it. Uh, speaking of remedy, <laughs> uh, there's a that was a good segue. I didn't even. That was a very good um, segue. My God. There's a there's a, a there was an IGN unfiltered with Ryan McCaffrey. He does great work over there. Yeah, Ryan's great. Yeah, so he interviewed uh, Sam Lake from Remedy, and they were just sort of shooting the shit, talking about uh, well a lot of Alan Wake stuff and that Alan Wake 2 uh, has been kind of-ish in development for a really long time and it just never has seen the light of day, I guess. Um, so we'll talk about that. Um, there was another, like, uh, what is this? It's a, I have it listed, Nintendo reveals cute Japan-only Disney Switch. So yeah, it's like Japan-only and I know there's a lot of uh, Disney fans, uh, at least on my Twitter feed. So I feel like some people are really into this. Um... So it's based on the Zim Zim thing. The Zim Zim. Oh, toys. yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think the system looks really cool. So we'll talk about that. Um, Pokemon Masters release date, pre registration open now. Um, so we'll cover that. And then finally, uh, Fallout 76 dialogue system for Wastelanders will be more like Fallout 3 than Fallout 4. So uh, that's, a, you know, a lot of people really liked Fallout 3. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is more of like a. A thing for fallout fans because i'm not like wild into fallout i do like it but we'll cover that too and then we've got some listener questions now one thing to note about this episode is that uh we're gonna dive deep into some fire emblem three houses because i've been playing that and a lot of people have been playing that although i don't think either of you two have been playing it right unfortunately no. okay well it's a really big game and it's i am that... practicing fire emblem abstinence because of my background <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel you, man. It's it's a really big game. It's like Persona almost, you know. Oh, but anyway, we've got uh, some several listener questions um, pertaining to uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. So I'll do my best to answer those. When I looked at the questions, you can tell that the the people who asked them are like really into Fire Emblem, and I am too, but not as much as they are. So like, hopefully, my answers for that uh, for those questions are satisfactory. Um, and then of course we'll close the show with what we've been playing. Josh, you've been playing some Red Dead Two which I really, really love a lot. It's a, it's one of those games that, like, I don't know, like, I'm just in awe at, like, that the fact that it exists more so than even just playing it, you know? Yeah. Like, just from, you like, a design point of view. Impressive. Yeah, exactly. And then, Chris, you've been playing Cuphead, actually, which is another game that I really just am blown away that exists. So yeah. that'll be fun to talk about. Um, cool, so you guys having a good week? Everything going okay with you? Yeah, yeah, things are going yeah. pretty good. I'm angry with Dr. Mario World because it's getting very difficult. But I saw your that, tweet. Great. <laughs> I saw your tweet where you were pissed. You were, like, stuck on a level or something. I was What's stuck on that on? for, like, three days. Did you get past it finally, or? I don't want to talk about how, but it All involved right. $2, but yes. Oh, shit. Okay. I finally went, you know what? I'm sick of my skill being the reason I'm not getting past this. Yeah. I have put yeah, a lot of like... hours into this game. I'm happy to throw Nintendo some money slash get off of this level. <laughs> um interesting all right well uh <laughs> on that note let's get into some news if you guys are ready of course yes yep <laughs> so 
so yeah, like I mentioned, oh man, Moses is like climbing on top of me. I can't see the screen. Here we go. All right. So Doom 1, 2, and 3 are available on all platforms. I wrote this story up on PlayStation Lifestyle, but I've got a, a post from uh, GameSpot here. Um, yeah, so during the uh, QuakeCon event, which was um, over this past weekend, um, there was a lot of Doom-related stuff that was uh, announced. And yeah, man, uh, Doom 1, 2, and 3 are available on all platforms. Uh, initially, it looked like it was just for Nintendo Switch, but yeah, it's out on, on everything. Um so Doom One uh, is five bucks. Doom Two is also five bucks, and then Doom Three uh, is ten bucks. So you can get all three of them for uh, twenty bucks, which, which I is think such is a great. good deal. I mean, yeah, it really great. is. Now, uh, I'm not like crazy about these older Doom games. Um, just you know, just time. I don't know has been kind, but but uh, I, I watched some gameplay, and I'm like, okay, this actually still kind of looks like it might hold up. Yeah, dude. And, yeah, they hold up really well. And I was going to ask you, Josh, because you're. It seemed like you were really excited about this. Um, tell me your thoughts on these on this trilogy coming to all platforms, or that's out on all platforms. So I have, I have to humble brag for a second. Doom One and Doom Two are already on Xbox One through backwards compatibility. But I also want to briefly touch on some quick controversy. They were removed from the store when these came out. Uh... Bethesda claimed it was an, uh, a mistake, and they're fixing it. But yeah, at first people were like, "Oh, why can't I re-download?" this game I've already purchased and so, why am I only prompted with buying this new port? So that was, that was so pretty bad. We've never had a game removed from backwards compatibility. Once it's there, it's there. You so know? are you saying like, even if you had it download and installed on your system, it, they like remove that or no, saying, no, that, that was still there. It's just, oh, if you were like, I'm going to go redownload this game that I already own. It, it didn't show up at first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, but Bethesda said it was a mistake. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they are fixing it. So maybe, yeah, who knows? But yeah, that, you, that that made Xbox Reddit like really angry at first. Like, um, what the hell, you know? Right. You know what's funny is when you said that there was controversy, I thought you were going to start talking about the Bethesda Net account. No, that's hilarious thing. too, though. I mean, Tell, hilarious, talk about so. that. Tell us so, about that. Um, when you first downloaded uh, Doom 1, Doom 2, and Doom 3, um, I know on Switch and Xbox, I assume in PlayStation as well, um, it prompts you to log into your Bethesda account, which might not seem like a big deal because... You need to do it one time, and then, like, you're good. You know, like, you don't have to be online to play the games. You just have to log in that one time. But forcing people to sign up for an account uh, at all when you're already paying for the game is pretty, you know, ludicrous, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Bethesda did say they were removing that, and they fixed that, and I believe that patch has already rolled out. But I did see a lot of tinfoil hat people on Reddit saying, well, yeah, of course they fixed it because now everyone's already signed up for an account. So... <laughs> they're, happy, they're happy to fix it now because they can get the good guy points for fixing their mistake. And then yeah. they got a whole bunch of people to sign up for Bethesda, you know, uh, some people, emails and stuff. Some people are saying that it's only that it was, you have to be online. Like you can only play online, but that, that turns out. Yeah, no, it was just, it was just the first time when you checked in. Um, yeah, yeah. I see. And then, and then you were good. Yeah. Um, I also want to take a moment just to say, if you haven't played Doom 3, please play Doom 3. Like, it is not as doomy as the other Dooms, but it's a really great game. So, mm -hmm. um... And, and that's the yeah. one that looks more like like the modern games. Like, it's, like, the visuals, you know. Because yeah. Doom 1 and 2 came out, like, what, 93, I think is what? Yeah, like, 93, 93 yeah. and, like, 95, I, th I don't remember. No, but I, yeah. think they, I think they both came out in 93, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyway. I, don't, I don't remember, but yeah. yeah, Doom 3, it's it's much different than the other Doom games. It doesn't have the, the fast-paced uh, mm -hmm. 
game design like the old ones and the new ones did or the, the newest one uh from 2016 has right um the, the newest game is how you do a proper new doom game but like like i said doom 3 is a fun game it's definitely worth playing it's absolutely worth ten dollars I, I bought that immediately so right. and chris what about you are you a doom fan at least maybe for these older ones or are you more of a fan of the new style what do you like i'm very unfamiliar with the doom series i played a bit of the remake of doom like at london drugs just on the pc just trying it out um on a really nice kind of like high spec one it's great oh. um and i want to get back into it uh to to play doom on my pc or something at some point um but yeah like i, I love that these classics are coming back to uh, modern consoles like for me like over the last few years i've learned to appreciate the classics and play more of them and i've really enjoyed myself like to playing all these stuff like i just i just finished uh, hot shots tennis for example you know like weird stuff oh like that God. so um yeah like it's great that this stuff is available for people and for fans i think yeah and especially from like a game preservation point of view because like it's not like you can it, yeah like unless you have access to those old physical versions of those games. I mean, maybe not in this specific situation, but there are a lot of, like, cases where if you, unless you have the system for that game, have the game, like, you can't play it, and sometimes it just doesn't work out, especially for some of those old PC games where, like, they they aren't compatible with modern machines anymore. Like, it just, it gets weird. So I'm glad uh, these are available, especially yeah, on Yeah, ports a, are always a good thing because it just means more people can play them. Yeah. yeah. And these so, are priced perfectly. I just want to point out, Doom 3... Uh, came out in 2004 and it's ten dollars like mm-hmm. that's Very Cap- capcom are you listening yeah <laughs> like come um, on man so, re4 for 30 bucks get out of here well it's on sale now yeah uh, re4 so uh, well maybe not yeah actually by the time this episode goes live i think re4 all three of the resident evil games on switch will be on sale for 20 bucks instead of 30 yeah. um so speaking of sales there's a gigantic playstation sale going on right now the summer sale Literally, there were over 400 games because I did the write-up, and (laughs) so what's funny, this is a little bit of like inside (laughs) baseball stuff, what's funny is if you copy and paste straight from the PlayStation blog, the formatting is like fucked. So first of all, everything on there is is in all caps, which is just, it doesn't look good, but also they have like different columns they'll be like this is the sale column and this is the regular price, but if you just paste that over, it's just two prices next to each other, and you, it just, yeah, it looks bad. Yeah, so I had to, like, individually basically go in and, like, kind of do everything, and there were, it it was, like, anyway, it was, like, over 400 games, but there's some really good shit, so I'm just, like, going through the list now. I mean, my god, there's so much stuff. Uh, a bunch of Assassin's Creed games, like Odyssey, uh, you can get Assassin's Creed Odyssey for $23.99. Oh, keep in mind, these are PlayStation Plus prices. Uh, Battlefield 1 uh it looks like is on sale in some form or another oh there's like the the tight oh this is awesome battlefield one and titanfall 2 bundle for nine dollars that's really good uh bloodborne's on sale for 15 bucks blood and truth which just came out 32 bucks so save you a little bit on that dark all the dark souls or let's see dark souls 2 and 3 are on sale so there's just like a ton of stuff by the time this is published the xbox summer sale is over because it ends on the 29th of july tomorrow we'll record this of course on the 28th but um yeah there was a lot of good stuff for sale on xbox too switch has switch has some pretty good deals but not like the xbox and you know yeah uh, yeah so so just just to put it into perspective like okay resident evil like the the uh remake i guess 
is eight bucks, but on Switch it's twenty bucks on sale, right? Like eight bucks on PlayStation, twenty bucks on uh, Switch. Yeah, instead uh, of thirty. On right. Switch. Yeah. Or like Resident Evil, same deal. Resident Evil Four, eight bucks versus twenty on sale at, on Switch. So yeah, I mean that's gonna happen. You're you're gonna pay more for. There's, there's still some good sales on on Switch though. Like um, I don't know if they're still on sale, but I know the Steam World games were on sale. Yeah. And I yeah. I own those on PC and like I had first one on 3ds um i've got some on xbox but anyway i really wanted to grab those on switch so i grabbed all those for like nothing like right. really cheap um uh nathan great collection for 15 bucks so that's five that is the piece. best deal like ever yeah. like those are three great games for 15 i mean just just check out i've got a we've got a, a post here on playstation lifestyle but you can go anywhere playstation blog any i mean check out the store just on the system itself there's like a ton of shit on there so this is all. i just wanted to yeah i just wanted to let our uh, listeners know about that okay um, cool. So this was one of the bigger stories. Um, Nintendo addresses the Switch Joy-Con drift, uh, and it will offer f- uh, free fixes and refunds, which is sort of the big deal here. Um, so I've got a story pulled from GameSpot here. This is, uh, Eddie McCutch. Um, let's see. Let me get the thing. Okay. Uh, quote, uh, recently reports emerged, uh, that the Nintendo Switch's Joy-Con controllers are liable to a, quote, drift or register analog stick movement without any input from the user. That is a problem. And now Nintendo is addressing it. Vice obtained an internal Nintendo customer support memo that states that support members are now being told to offer users free repairs for the broken controllers, no questions asked, and even if the controllers no longer fall under Nintendo's warranty. Additionally, those who pay for repairs are being offered refunds. That's amazing. Um, quote, customers will no longer be requested to provide proof of purchase for Joy-Con repairs, reads a line from the memo. Uh, and then it continues. Additionally, it is not necessary to confirm warranty status. If a customer requests a refund for a previously paid Joy-Con repair, and then ellipsis, uh, confirm the prior repair and then issue a refund, end quote. Uh, and then here's the statement from Nintendo. Uh, uh, in an official statement, Nintendo said that it takes, quote, great pride in creating quality products and we are continuously making improvements to them, end quote. Um, the statement, okay, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know about that because that's kind of a big deal. It's something that I wouldn't expect Nintendo to do. Yeah, you know? one of the things the memo said just to trust the customers and like help them, which is fantastic. I'm going to get mine repaired. I'm very excited. I was about to trade my launch Joy-Cons in towards just yes. the set. So it's nice just to get them repaired. Yeah, you've been talking about that. Um, let me toss it over to Chris. Uh, what, what's your take on this? Do you agree with, with me that you think maybe that this is like out of the norm for Nintendo to do? Or do you think that it makes sense that they did this? What's your it does thought? make sense. And the, the reason why that is out of the norm is because Nintendo's uh, quality control is really up there, you know? Um, so this is kind of like a weird circumstance for Nintendo. And it's great to see that they're backing their quality control and trying to keep that image in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a good point. Like, typically when Nintendo uh, releases any sort of hardware or anything like that, it it's or it games, anything, really, they're always in good shape. So, yeah, yeah it is unusual to see that. Now, I think one that's thing... actually probably why the response took too long. I feel like they didn't... It's not that they didn't want to fix the issue. <laughs> I think it's probably that they didn't want to acknowledge the issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that sounds, like, really bad to be like, hey, a whole bunch of our controllers are breaking, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah. This is the way to handle it. It's good that they're taking care of it. Yeah, now, one thing that's, um, I guess, sort of interesting to me, at least, is that I feel like I heard people talking about this, like, right when the system launched. And, like, 
I don't know that like has it just taken two years or more for them to start speaking up about it. I don't. Do you remember that when the system first launched, there were like issues? I, I don't know if they were drift issues. Maybe there was something uh, else. There were I I, I there might have been drift issues too, but I remember there were connectivity issues with the Joy Cons too, where they weren't the registering and there was interference. Yep. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so I guess this is different. But who's to say that after two years of using your console, that it's like that it's not like it maybe stops working as well? Like I don't know that that's Nintendo's fault, right? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I don't know. Like I feel like there may be some people like taking advantage of this who like were like hard on their system and like are just like, oh, Nintendo's offering fixes. Cool, just send it in. So I don't know. I don't know what the stats are on that, but. People always find... It's nice they're just trusting people, though, because I've used mine normally, and I've only had it for, well, I mean, since launch, so, you know, two and a half years, but, like, I didn't really notice it until I started playing Final Fantasy VII on my Switch, and then I was, like, every single menu, it would go, you know, through everything. (laughs) You know, because, I mean, you have your finger on the controller so much in Zelda or something, you don't really notice it as much, because you're constantly moving. But oh, yeah, see. every single menu in Final Fantasy, I was like, stop. Like, why is this happening? And then it was around that time where everybody online was like, hey, I'm having drift issues too. And I was like, okay, so it's not just me. So I felt a little bit better. But right. yeah, so I'm excited so, about getting it replaced for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. A great move. And even if people are like maybe taking advantage of it and being dishonest with it, I think Nintendo can afford to eat some money on that, I guess. And it just looks good. Uh, the co- makes the company look good and it's a great like goodwill move it's a small so, price to pay yeah for goodwill yeah. And, yeah so um cool uh let's move on um this is the alan wake story uh alan wake 2 so like i mentioned at the top of the show ryan mccaffrey interviewed sam lake um so josh what he's the what is he is he like a head writer right he's yeah he's like one of the top top guys at remedy like at remedy yeah yeah and what was so fascinating i i thought it was interesting just how candid he was because you don't usually hear people be like, oh, yeah, we've been working on this game and it just hasn't worked out. Like, you don't normally hear people say stuff mm-hmm, like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, they were talking about how basically they'd been wanting to do Alan Wake 2 for a while. And that, uh, I mean, since the first game was is so beloved that, you know, they have this high standard now. And they, don't, they didn't want to just put something shitty out, which is understandable. But also a lot of their ideas sort of turned into other games, like a Quantum Break or mm-hmm. uh, or now Control, Control, which is coming out here in a few weeks. So, yeah, and, and I mean, they said that, like, shortly after the shipment of Alan Wake 1, which was in, what was that, 2010, yeah. that they kind of started thinking about Alan Wake 2. And now it's 2019, you know, nine years later, and we still haven't seen it. So... I don't know. Now I feel like it's almost reaching Half-Life territory. Not in, like, notoriety, but I guess in terms of it's been so long now, right? Like, if, yeah. it, if, if you put it out, that thing better be damn good. Um, what do you guys make of this? Uh, Josh, let me toss it to you first since you're such a big Alan Wake fan. Uh, my guess, and the only reason I'm not, like, worried about, like, a Duke Nukem Forever situation... Oh, yeah, is, exactly. <laughs> is it's probably just been in pre-production forever. They probably haven't actually like put that much work into it. Oh you know, yeah. They probably mostly just been kind of like you know shooting around ideas and how would we do this and that's exactly. that's my guess. But yeah, um, I'm I mean, I've been trying to tag Phil Spencer and Sam Lake and Remedy like off and on for the last few years, just to be like, hey, when can I buy this game, please? Because <laughs> I would be happy to help kickstart it. You know, like I wish oh, they would have just done that. I don't but, know. Um, I, I feel know. like I feel like the big holdup for a long time was um, Microsoft owned the rights to Alan Wake, and of course they've got the rights back. And 
I understand why Microsoft might have been a little nervous about it. A, that was kind of pre-Phil Spencer being in charge of Xbox, and he's a lot better at letting people kind of explore what they want to do. Like, he's the reason, like, see if Thieves happen. Rare said that's what they want to do, so he said, go ahead and do it, you know? Mm -hmm. He didn't really, like, run it through the, uh, you know, a focus group or anything. He said, yeah, go ahead and make a pirate game, sure. Um, And I think the other reason there was the holdup, too, is, I mean, as much as I love Alan Wake, it's not going to sell as well as, you know... um, something like, you know, GTA or Halo or Gears of War or, you know, these big, big money makers. And then Remedy's a very creative developer, so you might run into a situation where they're working in this game for four or five years, and then it's like, like, what I'm saying is I don't think Microsoft, I don't think it was personal. I think they're just like, you know, yeah. how much money is this going to make? Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, what do you think, Chris? Uh, I think it's a good opportunity for Remedy to make a new Alan Wake at this point. They can find a smaller publisher than Microsoft. Um, because at this point in the console wars, Sony's focusing on AAA. Microsoft's probably focusing on AAA as well. So I'm thinking like Alan Wake Two would probably be under like five or five games, or or THQ Nordic or something like that. Oh God, uh, please no THQ Nordic, please, <laughs> please um, God no. Sorry, um, but. Just yeah, that's what I think it's going to be like, and I think it's going to have a small audience, but it's still going to be too. successful. Um, EA Originals could even publish it, but yeah, we'll see. Huh. That's a good point you bring up. Like, in terms of like who publishes it, like what kind of budget are they looking at? I mean, I feel like this game could do well if it's marketed well, especially yeah. if like you put you it see, out. See, and that's the big Halloween. problem too. Is the first one wasn't marketed very well. It was. Right. It was talked about. There were trailers, but like. I only knew about it because I was interested in it. Everyone yeah. I talked to was like, wait, what? Oh, that sounds really cool. When did that come out? And I'm like, a couple of years ago. And they're like, holy shit. You know, like, no one was talking about it. There weren't, like, a lot of ads for it. You know, it just kind of came out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The only buzz I remember seeing were, like, journalists talking about it. Like, an article. Like, I remember, like, Andrew Reiner was excited for it. And like, I remember people talking about it. But I'm saying, like, the ad campaign itself was, like, non-existent but now it's got such a big following i feel like it's like reached cult status you know where it like maybe didn't make that much of a splash when it came out and then now like everybody loves it it seems so we're seeing smaller games get a chance now like shenmue 3 and psychonauts 2 oh my god yeah that kind of stuff and i know we're in a really good spot for like double a development yeah yeah it used to be like triple a was the only thing and then there were indies but now we're seeing kind of a resurgence with stuff like we happy few hellblade you know, Shenmue 3, where, like, we're seeing this double-A resurgence where, like, yeah. companies that aren't making, like, Red Dead 2, but they're also not making, like, Castle Crashers, like, we're, we're seeing more of a spot carved out for that size of game, you know? That's and nice. I think that's going to continue because these AAA games are getting bigger and bigger, and uh, there's an audience out there who don't want to play open-world games that are 60 to 80 hours long. Or at least just not consistently. They might want yeah. a palate cleanser, yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's And another I'm thing, thinking. Chris, you just pointed out, as these AAA games are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more expensive, it yeah. also makes them a good spot for AA games too because Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, they need some AA-sized games to pad out those you know long development cycles. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, it's okay if we take forever on Red Dead 2 and The Last of Us part two and like death stranding but like they need some other stuff to come out in the meantime too and so i think that as triple a games get more ambitious we're going to see more double a games because of that like it it only makes sense for there to be you know investment in in that size of game too and i think publishers Hmm. are starting to see that you know smaller budget games can 
uh, bring a bigger profit, you know, like Mana Medea yeah. uh, for Mana Medan, sorry, from Bandai Namco. That Bandai Namco is also publishing Rad from Double Fine, right? So, oh yeah, um, there's very there's weird all sorts of, there. Uh, opportunities there uh, for publishers nowadays uh, or for developers. I nowadays. think Hellblade really helped, like show like the big companies, like you know, like at the yeah. Game Awards when. I forgot her name, and I can't remember her name, unfortunately, but she was very talented in that Oh, the role. voice but, actress. Yeah, like, when she came out on stage, I think that was, like, a big, like, holy shit, like, these games are huge, and, like, they can go tit for tat with, you know, your Red Deads and your God of Wars, too. Like, yeah, those might be considered better by some people, but the fact that, like, a pretty small team, by comparison, can, you know, put a couple years of work into a game and, like, you know, craft that much of a masterpiece is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm, I think maybe we will see an Alan Wake too, but it just might be a while. So Chris is throwing his sinful ways behind him too. He is going to be playing Alan Wake now on his PC that he just got. Uh, yes, awesome. yes, I I, uh, I cut I boot it up. It's installed, um, but I just gotta sink the time into it just to really appreciate it. And now we can hear Chris get angry on Twitter with me, and want this game to come out. We'll see. <laughs> sounds, we'll sounds see perfect. how. It, what I think. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's move on here. Uh, there was, I just wanted to touch on this really quickly. We don't have to go too in depth with it, but, um, there was a, a new switch that Nintendo announced that's Japan only, and it's like a Disney related one. And it's for, uh, Disney's some, some festival. I, I don't, I don't really know exactly what that is. It's like a mini game thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh is it TSUM, TSUM, yeah, those guys? Yeah. yeah some, they've got some, cute some. little plushes. They're like shaped like, like. Dr. Mario pills. Yeah, yeah, Man, they're like so the... stacking rocks, like in Japan, that they've got like a tradition uh, where they're stacking stuff. Um, interesting. So okay. Yeah, the plushes are really cute. Man, yeah. but the system is actually kind of—it's kind of slick looking. So there's the um, uh, purple and pink Joy-Con, and there's a <laughs> Mickey Mouse home button, <laughs> which That's I cool. just think is so funny. Yeah, and it's got these little like—I don't like little like heart and uh, I guess club or like the heart from the cards i guess like uh is this like kingdom hearts related kind of no or is it's this not. separate um but I'm, like I'm, I'm i'm waiting if there's a kingdom hearts related switch and the interlude between three and four <laughs> is a switch game you bet your ass i'm gonna get a console bundle for the kingdom hearts game <laughs> oh do you like i am it? not betting my ass because i want to keep it yeah oh, god do you, do you like Kingdom Hearts, Chris? Oh, I I didn't know that. <laughs> huh? Yeah. yeah, it looks like uh, it'll arrive October tenth for three hundred thirty six thousand eighty yen or three hundred thirty three US dollars. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. It's kind the of difference cute. between yen and dollars blew my mind as a kid because I'm like, how is a potion in Pokemon three thousand dollars? And then <laughs> I got older and was like, oh, it's not three thousand dollars. It's like fifteen dollars yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> um cool so uh let's move on all right so pokemon uh, masters release date pre-registration open now this is a story from twinfinity here oh this is from grayson hey hi grayson <laughs> um let's see sorry let me get the story pulled up here all right it reads quote uh the pokemon company and dna have opened up pre-registration for the upcoming pokemon mobile title pokemon masters um a free to start game is expected to launch on august 29th for ios 
and Android devices and focuses on three-on-three real-time battles with iconic gym leaders and trainers from the Pokemon franchise, including Misty, Brock, Red, Cynthia, and Lance. The game is a strategy and battling game where trainers can uh, form teams to sync pairs to engage in battles against other players to compete in a tournament that takes place on the artificial island of Paseo. Um, okay, there will be a preview version of Pokemon Masters that will launch on Android devices in in, in Singapore starting tomorrow. I, so the writing of this, uh, uh, starting July 25th, um, uh, and will be coming to, soon to Canada. Hey, Chris, hey. as well. Hey, hey, that's right. <laughs> um, hey, hey. Uh, these uh, player, these players uh, will soon be able to test the mobile game and enjoy pre-selected content from the game before it officially launches worldwide. The progress reached during the period will be able to be transferred over to the final version of Pokemon Masters. Um, okay, and then there's some trailers and stuff you can check out on Twinfinite. Um, cool. Yeah. So, like, I think this was announced at that Pokemon event a couple months ago. Where they announced, so. like, Pokemon yeah. Sleep. Mm-hmm. And, like, some, <laughs> how fucking weird is that? Pokemon Sleep? Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, I, I, I'll i check this out, man. I I love Pokemon Go, and I think this will, this will be an interesting one. Um, yeah. Chris, uh, you should definitely try out that, uh, I guess, beta or whatever it's called. I'm like definitely going to try version. out the beta and then give my thoughts on the game. Um, I just yeah. I, like I, I think it's great to see Pokemon Mobile like this. Um, it seems really interesting. I like the flashback, like the the flashbacks of like the previous trainers and tra- um, and gym leaders in this game. It's just yeah. cool for Pokemon fans, I think, and it, it's great to get that hit of nostalgia while you're playing right. a decent game. And- it looks like. Yeah, it does. And what's interesting though is that it's it's listed, or he Grayson referred to it as a free to start game. Yeah. So I guess is it that's how uh, Super Mario? Mario Run was. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's you like guys Mario. Get your first like world. Right. Interesting. I wonder if people are going to be up in arms because I remember Mario. What was it? Ten bucks, and people like lost their minds. And everybody else who like plays console and handheld games were like, no, actually, ten dollars for a Mario game is like really reasonable. Yeah, I was super happy with that game. Like, it's even if you just do like the main like you know like campaign and don't do like the little extras like the toad rally and all that it's it's still a couple hours of gameplay and it's very replayable too so mm-hmm. i was very happy with that price i hope we see a super mario run too and it being free to start and it sounding like it's gonna be like mario run makes me excited more excited for the game you know right exactly so yeah we'll see what happens with that chris please report back with your thoughts since it's free and it's coming yep. to canada yep. Um, all right, last story, and then we'll get into some questions here um, and what we've been playing. Uh, this is for the Fallout fans. Fallout 76 Wastelanders dialogue system will be more like Fallout 3 than Fallout 4. Um, this is from a PC Gamer, and it's from uh, Christopher Livingston. Uh, it reads, quote, In addition to discussions about the new map coming to Fallout 76 Nuclear Winter and the fact that private servers will be added to Fallout 76, quote, sooner than you think, end quote, we learn more about Fallout 76 Wastelanders at QuakeCon. Wastelanders in the fall update will add uh, human NPCs and factions to Fallout 76 and bring branching dialogue to the game for the first time, which, uh, let me just pull out from the article real fast, that's like one of the big things people were upset about, that there were no NPCs. Yeah. So it's cool that they're doing that. Um, the article continues. Player uh, attributes will help determine uh, what sorts of dialogue options are available, and a player's level of perception, charisma, and other stats will result in different dialogue choices while talking to NPCs. Um, Wastelanders will add a reputation system to Fallout 76, and your your str- 
sorry, and your standing with the factions will also come into play in determining what dialogue choices are available. Um, okay, let's move on a little bit down here. Okay, quote, uh, also remember this isn't the Fallout 4 dialogue system, said project staff lead, or sorry, said project lead uh, Jeff Gardner during the Fallout 76 panel discussion. Quote, this is more like Fallout 3 where you have a list of stuff, end quote. Um, yeah, let's, yeah, we can just end it there. Okay, so that's kind of interesting because, yeah, there was, uh, I guess some controversy too when Fallout 4 came out, uh, um, there were a lot of things that people didn't like about that game, like the, the base building or whatever, the settlement. The whole thing. Yeah. Uh. Some people were, like, really angry with it when, it's a good game. Yeah. I, I actually kind of enjoyed Fallout 4, but, um, it's cool that you'll have, like, a list of options and you aren't limited to just, like, you know, generic sort of kind responses yeah yeah my biggest problem with the dialogue wasn't so much that they were like more like smaller because like they would still say a bunch but like i couldn't tell what my guy was gonna say based on what the thing was so i'm like oh yeah this sounds like what i want to say and then it goes like completely like different i'm like whoa i didn't mean to kill that guy i just (laughs) (laughs) you know so yeah that was my only complaint and that happened sometimes like in la noir too that's like yeah that's what i was gonna bring up yeah la so for those who don't know like there are a lot of games where you'll, there'll be, like, dialogue options, and it, some games will say, like, the option you'll have is exactly what your character will say. That's awesome, because you know what's going to happen. But some of them are just, like, generic, like, Doubt. positive, positive negative, yeah. uh, neutral, whatever. And then, like, you you pick whichever one you think might apply, and then your character says this thing, and you're like, that's not what I intended at all. And it's, like, other... positive for who? There's blood all over my hands now. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> like, so, I didn't and, mean to do that. Right, or, like, you mentioned L.A. Noir, and that was a big deal because that was, like, a detective game, and you were, like, supposed to, uh, like, interact with other characters to sort of progress the case, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and You like, know what was kind of neat about that, too? I didn't know this till years later, but the doubt option was supposed to be, like, intimidate or something. But they change it to doubt, like, way yeah. later. Yeah, so, like, you're like, you know what? I doubt it. And then Cole, like, picks them up and throws them out of the window. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. that I, I said I, I didn't believe you. I didn't say I wanted to kill you. Yeah, I think L.A. Noir has some really cool ideas in it. But that was, like, a big problem where you the, – the whole basis of, like, how successful you were at the case was determined – on your reactions and how you interacted with these characters, and then you couldn't even accurately do them because the whole thing was messed up. So I think if they, if they ever did an L.A. Noir 2, they should, like, be more clear. My, my least favorite thing about that game is they essentially, like, painstakingly with, like, the most detail ever, like, recreated California almost exactly from that area era. Yeah, L.A. And then it didn't really get much use. Mm-hmm. Like, that game didn't need to be open world. It could have been a linear game. It would have been, like, better for it almost. I think, it, yeah, I think it's a good point. Like, um, the story was think, a big, you know, cool thing, but yeah. A, fu- a funny part go, of that game ahead, was, yeah, a funny part of that game is, like, it would be like this. You're a lying piece of shit, Josh. And then <laughs> it says, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to say Yeah, never sorry. mind, my bad. <laughs> um, so that, that, was, that was hilarious. I also uh, thought it was funny when the controller would vibrate, and you're like, well, I don't know why a banana's a clue but okay sure i'll bite and then you pick it up and cole's like why would i need that and you're like i don't know man the Uh, controller vibrated yeah i think that game is i don't know we're talking about la noir now instead of fallout 76 but anyway the whole point uh is yeah when when implementing dialogue options in the games there's a right way to do it and that's cool we need to know what we're going to say 
Yeah, exactly. And that's really cool that Fallout 76 is, it seems like, is doing it the quote-unquote right way. Mass Effect, I think, is an example of where they went the same route as Fallout and L.A. Noir, but, like, you knew what you were going to say pretty much. Um, You know, like, it it would have, like, three or four words, but, like, I don't remember ever selecting a dialogue option in Mass Effect and having the same, you know, issue. Oh, I see. You know, I still knew what I was going to, like, them saying they did the same system, but it worked. Oh, right. Do you miss that yeah, Dragon Age point. Origin system, just like Fallout Three, where like you had a like the exact dialogue that they were gonna, best going to say? Um, so I, I prefer that system personally myself. Yeah, um, yeah, but, I'm with um, you. Just to take it back to Fallout Seventy Six, I, I think um, this is a sign that Bethesda's listening to their fans, and maybe they'll bring Fallout Seventy Six back into the uh, gaming consciousness again, uh, like No Man's Sky and. Um, these lives and Destiny on live services service games that have at first kind of like failed to impress people, but brought people back over time. Maybe I will finally eventually get the sequel to the best Fallout game, which is New Vegas. Yeah, a lot of people really like New Vegas. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that game bounce back. I don't know that it can just because of the horrible press. We'll I got, see. But yeah, 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 we'll see. But No Man's um, Sky cool. got horrible press too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But man, that game is like amazing now. Yeah, like it's now like, it is. Yeah. It's got like they're about to put VR out on, and like man, there's like a like a what's it called? It's kind of like the mode in in Fallout New Vegas. What's that, what mode is that? Like brutal mode or whatever, where like you can't you can't die or if you Hard, if you die. hardcore hardcore yeah something like that. It's really cool. Yeah, No Man's Sky is awesome. Um, all right, so that about wraps it up for the news. Let's take a break, answer some questions, and then we'll dive into some Fire Emblem. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, and we are back. This is a segment of the show where we answer your listener questions. Um, first one, uh, Grayson coming back in. He's been a trooper with these questions. Thank you, Grayson. Um, he's features editor over at Twinfinite. Go check out his stuff. He does some awesome work there. Um, he asks, uh, quote, uh, related to the Joy-Con drift issue, uh, have there been any other gaming consoles in your past that ended up breaking slash messing up, such as Red Ring and stuff? Also, I don't need to say quote at the beginning of this. I don't know why I said that. Um, anyway. Uh, I had one in mind uh, for me. Well, I guess this isn't this isn't really a console, but the first thing that popped into my mind is Guitar Hero guitars. Mm, yeah. Like, oh man, I must have bought. I'm not exaggerating. Probably twenty Guitar Hero guitars. My uh, Beatles rock band drums lasted like two months. Yeah. And I wasn't even playing on them like in a weird way. I was playing them like you, I, you know, normal. Yeah. Um. In terms of a console, yeah, man, three sixty. With the red ring, that's a great. I, I vividly remember like you know I don't know if you guys remember like the towel trick was supposed yeah, to yeah you could make it red ring to just get it replaced <laughs> yeah uh, and I remember what happened I sup it like melted though it was got so hot that the back of it melted what that happened to me yeah like so I don't know picture the three sixty the back of it there's like the mm-hmm. little circles like I guess where the vent yeah yeah comes out. The circles were like melted together. Oh like, shit! Melted like there was like ne- there was. Well, not- that makes sense because the red ring issue was basically like an issue with overheating. Yeah, yeah. So like, imagine where the circles would be. It was all just melted together. It was like a solid. There were no. There's oh, no wow. negative space. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, what While about you? what about we're you shouting out the red ring issue though, I do want to say that Microsoft handled that faster and smoother than the Joy-Con drift issue. Oh fuck! It yeah, was like immediate. True. They were like, "Oh my god, yeah, we'll fix it." Sorry. 
Yeah. Uh, what what consoles? What about you guys? Uh, I had one. Um, it's kind of a weird <laughs> story, though. I, it wasn't really Microsoft's fault. Uh, I got an original Xbox, but my first original Xbox was from a police auction. Oh, wow. So that's my parents got it. Because it was, like, 100 less than a regular, like, you know, new Xbox. And it came with, like, Tony Hawk, <laughs> Pro Skater 2X, KOTOR, and, like, one other game. I don't remember. And another controller. So my parents were more like, well... My dad used to go to those by machines for his machine shop because, like, he'd sometimes get really good deals on stuff. Because it wasn't just police auction; it was an auction, and it, the police also auctioned stuff. So he was already there, and then he saw that and was like, "Oh, well, he wants an Xbox. So we'll we'll get him that." And it lasted a couple months, and then it just stopped like staying on. It kept turning off. Oh, crap. So I don't know. I, maybe there was cocaine in it. I don't know. Jesus I just know it stopped Christ. working. But I got a new one. Uh, my mom got me a new one. And this is like right when Battlefront came out. So I got a new Xbox with Battlefront as an apology. Which Hell yeah. That's I was like, why are you gift. apologizing me? You bought me a new You know, like it's cool. But yeah, so that was pretty exciting. That's the only issue I've ever really had. Um, other than the hinges on Game Boy Advance SPs. Oh my god. Breaking if you like, you know, look at it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, I've had a Vita stop working on me. Um, the controls... Like some of the controls to stop. Wait, what did you say? A, a Vita. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you said a, a beater. Sorry, go ahead. A beater. <laughs> like an egg beater, Chris. Get the hell out of here. We're talking about video games. Um, but yeah, uh, the the analog stick just stopped working. Uh, some of the buttons stopped working, so I don't know what happened to my Vita. But like, yeah. Did it? Did you? Was it a new Vita? Did you get it brand new? Um, yeah, it was brand like day one. It was my first launch huh. console, actually, that I bought. So Wow. What did you get with that? I think I got Uncharted with it. I think so. Yeah, that was it. Hey, was how a is that Uncharted? Game. Is it good? Yeah, oh, that game's awesome, man. It was man. great. That, yeah. yeah and I gotta a, get a Vita. That's a game we will probably never see again because it has, like, a specific Vita integration where yes. you have to use the camera and stuff. That's and, really like, cool. Touch screen. Yeah, it was cool, but I don't think we'll ever see that game again. Like, like that's why it wasn't part of the Nathan Drake collection because it was... Uh, maybe we'll see I gotta get a phone, Vita for like, it. in t- 20 years time or something. Yeah, I have maybe. to at least get a Vita for Persona 4 Golden and that. Oh my god, yeah. Um, that w- uh, that Uncharted game was um, Sony Ben's last game before uh, Days Gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Cool, let's move on. Um, so next story, or next uh, question, sorry, is from Efas. I think I'm saying that right. He asks, uh, what other Nintendo franchises would you like to see a Fire Emblem-like revival for? I think he's talking about Fire Emblem Awakening on the 3DS, which, like, totally blew up. Like, that game uh, sort of uh, launched the series into the spotlight again. Um, he says, meaning a final hair... hair <laughs> a final Hail Mary with an entry that is so outlandish that it could fix the franchise or ruin it forever. Um... I, I remember uh, Nintendo telling, like, Intelligent Systems, like, that was the last Fire Emblem. And then, of course, it was amazing because they put, like, everything into the game. And then that ended up saving the series. I'm assuming that's kind of what he's touching on. Um, Everyone save the series. I, yeah, yeah, I don't really, really. have, like, a, a a real answer. And that's just because my answer would have been Luigi's Mansion, Metroid, or Animal Crossing. And then, like, Nintendo cares about those franchises again. So... You know, those would be my answers if we weren't getting Luigi's Mansion 3 and, yeah. you know, a new Metroid. But, like, um, I guess I guess Star Fox. I really like Star Fox. Um, I that's played a good Star one. Fox 64 on the 3DS, and that's the only time I've actually played that game. I didn't have an N64 as a kid. And um, I really like Star Fox 64 uh, 3D, um, or as I like to call it, Star Fox 634Ds. <laughs> Jesus. Or 643Ds. Anyway, 
Um, Zero was cool. It just it it didn't I, I it didn't help really, the series. I know? liked Zero a lot, and I I don't know. Maybe I was a weak. No, it, it was a fun it. game. Really it was good. I game. think people just weren't expecting it to. I don't know. I almost wonder how that would be if they like took out uh made the gyro more optional. Yeah, and that's then a, just put it in Switch. Yeah, because that game would probably be like kick ass with like a pro controller on the switch i don't know exactly. but yeah zero was fun but i guess that's my real answer then is i want Star Fox to to come back fully because it's a it's a it's a series of a lot of potential that we just don't see right what about of. you chris what do you think um i would like to see a new kid icarus game with an open world concept oh yeah oh my like god open awesome, flight yeah. kind of like game where it's an action rpg it's kind of like breath of the wild i guess like Oh, As yeah. you go along the game, like your flight gets a little better. Like Pit, I think the main character, um, he has issues flying. Like, and like it'd be great if like it's a gradual kind of like increase in flight, so you can visit certain areas at certain points of the game. That'd be really cool. The 3DS one was really ambitious and good. You just had yeah. to be right-handed, and you had to have a stand. Yeah, that's I mean, that basically out. to play yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to pick another Nintendo franchise, uh, Advance Wars. We haven't oh, seen... man, that Advance yeah. Wars was so good. We haven't seen Advance Wars, what, in, like, what was... When, Since when was the it? DS, so, yeah, I think. It's been, like, 12 years or something crazy we haven't seen Advance Wars. I think Wars. there were one or two on the DS, but, yeah, and, they were good, too. Man, I just feel like you hear people talk about those games so much. Like, I don't know if it's just that in our bubble we hear people talk about that, and then outside of it nobody cares, but... No, because uh, Wargroove came out, and Wargroove's entire thing was we're making yeah. an Advance Wars game because there needs That's to be one. That's a great point. Yeah, the developers of Wargroove were like, all right, so like if you aren't going to do it, Nintendo, I guess we'll have to. And that game came out, and it was awesome. So I think, yeah, Advance Wars could definitely fall into that category. Um, cool. So we do have more listener questions, but, um, now that we're going to jump into what we've been playing, um, I think we should just integrate them into that because all of them are Fire Emblem related. Um, what do you guys, do you guys, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to talk about Fire Emblem first or do that? Last? Yeah, yeah, it. go ahead. I'm, I'm really curious cause I, I haven't played the new one yet. Cool. All right. So, um, and, and also, uh, for, uh, FS's question, it, again, his point was about how Awakening came out in 2013 on 3DS and, you know, most people probably hadn't heard of Fire Emblem in the West yet, right? So, like, that game came out, and it just sort of blew up, and everybody fell in love with it. So That game then, was actually hard to find even in stock. I remember yeah. I had to go to, like, three Walmarts to buy it. Yeah, that's right. I remember I was working at GameStop at the time, and my boss had to download it digitally because they, we didn't have any copies. And he worked at GameStop, and he couldn't find a copy. So, yeah. Um, so after that, uh, we had Fire Emblem Fates that came out, and that did really well too, although it wasn't as, uh, highly regarded as Awakening. And then we had Fire Emblem Heroes, the mobile game, which is obviously doing really well for Nintendo too. And then now we've got Fire Emblem Three Houses on Switch that just came out. And so the premise for this game, for those who don't know, it's... Can I ask a quick question too? That, the, the Wii U thing, what, I, I didn't play that. Was that Fire Emblem or what was that? Oh no, no, no. No, there wasn't a fire. There wasn't a Fire Emblem on Wii U. There was supposed to be a uh, Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem game, and uh-huh. when they announced that, I like lost my shit because that. I mean, my God, that would be amazing. And but it just never came out. I don't it know. did. Okay, I thought there was some kind of weird spinoff. It was Tokyo that's, Mirage. Yeah, that. Tokyo Mirage. Yeah, that's Shin, Megami, that? that's Shin Megami Tensei. That's not Fire. Yeah. Emblem. Oh, okay, okay. That's the same series as Persona. Shin Me- okay, because it's Shin Megami Tensei Persona. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Okay, sorry, I was just trying, yeah. I so no, so no Fire Emblem on Wii U. But anyway, yeah. 
Um, so to describe Fire Emblem Three Houses, it's essentially a mix between Harry Potter, Persona, and the Fire Emblem combat that we all know and love. And what's really cool about it is that uh, it kind of changes what you do outside of the battles um, when compared to the other entries. Um, as the series progressed uh, with the other entries, it's like you could like sort of interact with uh, different characters, sort of build up your your battle stats or whatever. And as the series went on, that kind of became more like prominent, and you could do more things. But in, it was never like fully realized like you had it was still like that sort of top-down view and you just sort of like went around and selected where you wanted to go in three houses it's like fully 3d like i don't want to say open world but it's like open school and there's this like hogwarts style school right and you like can and and, and like the the grounds are huge so you can like go around and, and explore and go to the like dining hall and go to the training area go to the library and it's all like 3d like it's like totally open you can fully uh, 360 degree camera control which is really cool like you can like go around and talk to all these people and develop relationships and so in that regard it's very much like persona because you have to hang out with friends and uh, build up their stats and build up their relationships and that'll like impact how you perform on the field um and also like persona you play in like calendar format so like there's like each day you have like a like a lesson you'll teach or this day you have it's you're free to explore so you can like go out and battle or you can go out and hang out with people however you want to do it. it's very much like persona um and then it's a lot like harry potter in that you're at this school and you're a professor and there are three houses hence the name three houses and um they all have like their own different characteristics that kind of thing um but then when you finally get out and battle it's a turn-based strategy which is so awesome because like I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've maybe seen a little bit of a, of a resurgence in, for that genre lately, but it's still, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's still like not as prominent as like a third person shooter or whatever. And yeah, man, it's just it feels so good because it's like it's it's a great balance. Like the the battles are really deep and heavy at times, and you have to think a lot. Like, okay, uh, this character does this. I should make sure that he's available and 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 is in a great spot at this point during the battle. It's a lot of like in depth thinking. And then when the battle's over, you're like, okay, cool. Now I can relax and just hang out with friends and stuff. So it's this great balance. Um, so, yeah, right now I think let's get into some questions here. Uh, I have some questions for you about the uh, some differences uh, that I want to ask you before we end. We, not right now, but I just okay. want to ask you yeah, that yeah, too. In case yeah. that factors in how you talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, this is a quick one. This is from Steve uh vegvari i hope i'm saying that right uh he he just says are you playing as the golden deer house if not what happened during your childhood (laughs) so uh i guess the golden deer house is like the fan favorite um and i don't really know a whole lot about the other houses but yes i actually did pick the golden deer house so i guess i had a good childhood steve uh (laughs) um uh let's see let's go to another question here this is oh this is from sterling he's like a really big fire emblem fan uh he works over at uh, parallax um uh let's see he says how do you think the partnership of koei tecmo helped make three houses better what do you think of the maps the map design so far and who is your favorite non-lord character okay so let's break this one down um so this is made by intelligent systems uh in partnership with uh koei tecmo so the pre a a lot of the previous fire emblem games have been on handhelds so there's been a, a game boy advance uh ds 3ds and there was one on Wii, Radiant Dawn, I think is what that one is called. Um, it was a GameCube one, too. Yeah, 
Maybe that one's radiant. I just know it's really expensive, so I never played it because you can't download it, and it's like really yeah, hard to get exactly. it at a good price. Yeah, and so, but the point is that like uh, we haven't seen a, a a console, home console version of Fire Emblem in like forever since the Wii. Since at least the Wii, yeah. Yeah, and so well, I looked it up a little, did some research, and it looks like Koei Tecmo helped a lot with um, like making it HD and making it, making it look good for a home console as opposed to the handheld. Because if you look at, like, the 3DS games, they don't look great. The, the cutscenes look good, but in terms of the actual game. They got the really jagged lines and everything, yeah. Yeah. So, like, this game looks beautiful on on uh, console, right? And so I think, yeah, with Koei Tecmo, I, I really do think they did a, a good job of making it look awesome. Also, um, during the 3D sections where you're, like, walking around, you can see a little bit of some of their other games. Like, they helped, uh, or I think they did develop Fire Emblem Warriors, the Musou game. And they did like Ninja Gaiden and stuff, and you can just oh, right on. yeah, you can just kind of see like a little bit of that in the three sections. Like obviously, there's no combat, but yeah. Um, and then he says, "What do you think the map design so far? Uh, so far, I haven't seen any map designs that have blown me away. But I, I'm only like eight hours in, so like I haven't really seen a whole lot of map designs in general. But I know like there are some cool things in the other games where like." Uh, you can, I don't, I, like, it's, like, dynamic, kind of, where, like, the map will change based on what you do, and I imagine this game will have that, too. I just haven't seen that yet. And then in terms of um, who your favorite non-Lord character, uh, by non-Lord, I think you mean, like, just, like, students in the school, right? So the head boy, if you're, to make the comparison to Harry Potter, the head boy of the Golden Deer, uh, Claude, he is really cool. Um yeah, I think he's like, he's probably my favorite. There are some characters... Are you a Harry Potter fan, Joseph? Love Harry Potter. <laughs> Dude, fuck yeah. I love Harry Potter. I didn't know that you were into Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I'm trying to think of some other characters. Uh, Ferdinand, I think I really like. So here's another point I wanted to bring up, too. A lot of people play Fire Emblem for the story because, yeah, the relationships with the characters are, are really fleshed out and you kind of lo- learn to like love certain characters and hate other characters based on their personality. But I kind of get attached to characters because of their gameplay uh, mechanics. So in Fire Emblem Awakening, there's this character named Frederick, which I'm sure a lot of you Fire Emblem mm-hmm. fans know. <laughs> this Frederick, Frederick character is, like, is a tank. He is like, he's like kind of like your fallback character. When shit's going down, you bring Frederick in, and he kind of like wipes the floor. He's like a, he can take a beating. He does really good damage. And I got really attached to, to Frederick uh, while playing Fire Emblem uh, Awakening. And so in this game, there are characters who I don't, I'm not really too familiar with their personalities, but in game, they're so like helpful. And like, there are certain characters who like heal. And so like the healing characters, I always gravitate towards because, you know, they're kind of like Frederick in that you fall back on them when shit's going down, they heal your party up. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So I like what you're saying. You're saying that like, you're going through, you know, war, of course, these characters, and that's where you bond the most. I like that a lot. That's interesting. Yeah, but I just don't know that most people are playing these games like this. I feel like most people play and they hang out with their friends and they like, you know, develop relationships outside of combat. And then when they, get I'm sure that your thing though is still, you know, a thing in the community. And I like that's really like I never thought about that. I like I like that a lot. That's really cool. Yeah, I just I don't want to get heat from the fireman community going, oh, you're not playing those games right. I don't know. I'm like a gameplay guy, right? So like, that's where I really gravitate towards. And so yeah there are certain characters in game that I just really, really get attached to. And so I'm playing on classic mode too, which means if a character dies, they're dead for the rest of the game. Uh, 
And so uh, there's a lot of controversy about that, too, because, every, you know, the Fire Emblem purists are, like, only play on classic mode. Or you could play on, like, casual mode, I think is what it's called, where if a character dies, they're dead for the rest of that battle, but then they respawn for that. Isn't there a mechanic in the game where you can save them in classic mode, though? kind of yeah it's called gambit and uh, essentially how it works is you can earn the ability to uh turn back time um based on if how I could turn... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you can earn the ability to turn back time a, a certain to a certain point and possibly save characters um i haven't really experimented with that too much i did it once the other day because i got really far into a battle and a, char- a character died and i'm like fuck i really don't want to do this battle again so i did do that and that worked out um, just for all our listeners to the official active quest stance on how to play or not to play a game is as long as you're enjoying it, you are playing that game correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then I've got one more question, question here from Tony and then I'll, I'll throw it to you guys for questions too. Um, so this is, uh, Tony Cocking. He, I think is at Twinfinite. Let me double check that. Uh, he, da, 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 da. yeah, yeah, he, he's on Twinfinite. Okay, cool. He says, um, how do you feel about the personalities of the units? With a small, smaller roster size, has it allowed for the characters to develop more than in previous games uh, where they were largely based on a singular trope? Yeah, that's a great point. I've noticed a di- more diverse type of character. Like in the other games, seems like there were like the archetypes, right? So you've got the asshole character, the whatever, you know, the cute character. The sort of, like, gruff character that doesn't talk much, but he's actually a good person at heart, or he or she, you know? So, in so this you're saying game, it kind of relied on tropes a lot before. Yeah, yeah. So in this game, I have noticed a wider variety of characters. Like, there's this character, cool. I forget his name, but he's more, he's like a ladies' man, kind of. And I know that's kind of a trope, but you don't really see that too often, where mm-hmm. he's, like, really, like, he hit, he's, like, um, on the nose. He has, like, a flower that he carries around on, like, on his breast pocket kind of a thing um yeah he's a really interesting character but again in terms of personalities i don't really gravitate towards the characters like that I, i'm more of like a, i gravitate towards them in game but like i said claude from the um golden deer is really really cool he's like a really nice character but he's sort of like he's like confident but also he kind of he's like um i don't know like the sort of sidekick character almost he's really kind of an interesting character i'm curious to see how he turns out um, cool. Uh, so I know, uh, Josh, you said you had some questions. What did you want to ask me about Fire Emblem? Yeah, so, um, uh, my first Fire Emblem was Awakening, um, okay. which I was obsessed with. Like, that game was incredible. Like, I love that game so much. I would die if they put that in the Switch. Um, my, my question, and I'm, I'm, I want to start this by saying I'm definitely not saying this new game is bad or whatever. I'm just saying why I enjoy Fire Emblem and trying to figure out if people that have the same... Uh, they're drawn to the Fire Emblem for the same reasons as I am, you know, will we enjoy it. So I wasn't into um, the, like, what was it called? Please please correct me because there's a word for it. Like the, the breeding mechanics, like, oh, I'm trying to hook uh-huh. these people up with these people to yeah. create this character. Uh... I'm not into that. I'm not into, um, like, training in a classroom and all that stuff. I'm into, like, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem. Like, I want to play... 3d chess and kill people in battle and have some cool camaraderie in between am i still going to enjoy this or is this too different from what i am uh, into so what's really cool about this game in particular is that um i think all players who enjoy just the combat players who enjoy just the the social elements players who enjoy both can find something they enjoy here like if you're somebody who doesn't care about any of the outside battle 
uh, sections, which to some that they might be upset with you for. I definitely care a lot less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you can like skip through everything and like not pay attention to the story at all. Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, uh, I from what I've seen, you can like battle all the time, like kind of like Persona, where you have it's like free for you to do what you want on a certain day. You can still instead of like going and hanging out with people, you can just go back like back into a battle. And what's okay. cool, what's cool is kind of like Persona, it'll have a percentage of what the community did, and that will sort of like guide you, like if you don't, oh, if you're not okay. sure what to do. Uh, if like 97 percent of the community uh, went and like relaxed that day, you can be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. If you like, you don't know what to do. So, That's yeah. really cool. I like that a lot. So yeah, I and I, just I, just to stress, I'm not saying that stuff's not cool. I'm just saying like. What I like about Fire Emblem is this is cool anime chess. You know, like that's what I like the most about it is the SRPG <laughs> gameplay. Yeah, you know, and I think um, as you get further into the game, it opens up more. Like for the gameplay, like at the very beginning, it's kind of story heavy because it's like introducing uh-huh. the story for this like eight right. hour game. So yeah, but you could totally just skip through it and just just play the battles. I do. I will say that I, I think maybe it would be a good idea to at least try to get into the story at first because um when when battling you may like relate to characters better and like some stuff may not make as much sense if you just skip through everything right yeah i'm just wondering how much you're forced to like sit in a classroom and do the harry oh, no, Potter no you can stuff. skip through all you, there's a you can manually teach your class or you can automatic okay. i've just been doing automatic because i don't I don't care about that part either. I, yeah, you, okay. could, you can, and you can skip through everything. Yeah, so you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I mean that stuff's neat. I'm just hoping the meat of the game is still, you know, SRPG yeah, time. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So that that makes me feel really good about when I decide to, you know, play that. Right. Uh, Chris, did you have any thoughts on this? Are you a Fire Emblem fan? What do you, what do you um, think? I've that uh, I I've gone into Fire Emblem a little bit. I played a bit of Awakening. I played a bit of um, Fates. But and I play, even played a bit of Heroes. But my main problem with the series is that I'm really invested in the characters. But when their arc is kind of finished, you know, with their conversations and stuff, I kind of got mm. disinterested. Um, I'm just wondering: is is the main story of the game actually interesting? Um, you know, like that, is it that, does it keep you invested? Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is. I've only put like eight hours or so into it. And so like up to this point, I I haven't really gotten too invested into the story, like the main overarching story, but rather the little stories between the characters. So like, I mean, anything really, I don't want to spoil any of the story stuff, but, but yeah, like your little interactions between characters, those are the ones that I get invested to. And then like what you can do is you can like have two characters hang out or whatever, have like a little interaction and sometimes it'll kind of leave on like a cliffhanger almost, and then I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be thinking like, "Oh man, I can't wait for those two characters." That's the stuff to hang I really liked. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so then, yeah, you actually would definitely enjoy it. Uh, I just thought you meant in terms of the overall, the, the overall uh, plot as well is like it just is it doesn't interest me as much. Yeah. Like the whole yeah. oh the this kingdom's taking over this kingdom and right uh, it's, yeah. but, uh, there's a big war happening. It's like I don't give a shit about that. You know, like, yeah. There's no, there's <laughs> that was no the most like, Canadian personal, thing ever. There's no personal stakes in in that. You know, like um, Awakening kind of got me into it a bit more because it was more about um, that the story with Lucina and Marth and I think it was Marth. Oh, 
taken on the role. I just want to, Chris, I just want to say I agree with you. I like the smaller stories, too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, um, I will say that um, I think, God, probably about, I don't know how much time, like, maybe 20, 30 hours or something into the game, something happens, and that, like, really, like, sets the story off now yeah. i know that's probably horrible to say yeah about 30 hours something cool happens hmm. um it yeah i don't want to spoil what that is but there's like an interesting thing that happens and i think it involves time travel like that kind of stuff so um i do think there's a great story here for people who enjoy that i'm just more of a gameplay guy right um right. so yeah i definitely that's my that's my game right now man like i am gonna be playing the shit out of fire emblem i am so excited i like I the, it seems like the marketing for that game has not been as much as it was for previous ones. I don't know, but uh, up until like this past week, people hadn't been talking about it. And then like on Friday when it was coming out, or Thursday the night before, everybody on Twitter was like, "Ah, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem!" I think everybody forgot about it. So yeah, yeah, there wasn't a lot. There weren't a lot of ads for it either. <laughs> right. I think so, they're yeah. trying to rely on the big fandom to really spread the message out. Uh, I think that's probably mm-hmm. the whole I'd idea. I'd be curious that, to see... Yeah, yeah. Like, the general audience probably wouldn't be interested in Fire Emblem, but the, the whole reason why Awakening was so popular is because of that word of mouth. Um, and I think Nintendo's trying to rely on that again. Right. And man, the reviews for Fire Emblem have been like 9s, 9.5 yeah. across the board. Like, I don't I don't think I've seen anything below an 8. Uh, or I'm sorry, below... I think the lowest uh, yeah. I've seen is like an 8.5. Yeah, exactly. So, great, great reviews. It's very nice. good. But yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, Chris. It's a, it's, it's a game that I don't think a casual player would be into. It Even even a quote-unquote hardcore player may not be into it because it's just so... You have to get so invested into it and the characters and the combat's very deep. It's just a very deep game. Um, so, uh, while we're on me, I'm just going to quickly touch on these other ones. I know we spent a lot of time on Fireball, but, it, but it's a big deal and it's a game that I really enjoy. Um, I played a little bit of Metro Exodus. Um, <laughs> that's a game that is, I can tell it's very good, but, uh, it's just sort of, um, wrong, uh, wrong place, wrong time or yeah. right, whatever, right game, wrong time kind of a thing. Uh, I'll come back to that one later. Uh, it has some cool things, but I am just not really in the mood to play a game like that. It's like a first-person shooter sort of survival. Uh, almost. I just like- wanted to take this, like, you know, what you're saying as just mentioned. I do the same thing, um, and I would encourage everybody to do that. If you're ever not in the mood for something, just, just come back to it, because, like, you might be completely into that yeah. later. Right. You just might not want to play that right now. Yeah, and I'm sure I will be, because I do really like survival games. It's almost, it's like Fallout-E-ish, kind of, but... But more like survival and more, more geared towards the shooting aspect of it. Um, Fallout's more of like an RPG. Metro's more shooter, I think. But anyway, it's really cool. I just I'm not not in the mood for it right now. But the other thing I really wanted to touch on. I know this is a video game podcast, but I played D and D for the first time yesterday. Wow, and, nice. And let me yeah, tell D&D you, is fun. let me tell you, man. Have you guys heard of this D and D game? It's, it's really so fun. great. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, man. Um, so I went in like. I don't know how I've, like, avoided uh, D&D. This, I'm 26 years old. I have not even, like, remotely come close to playing that game. I, and, um, yeah, I, like, didn't really know what to expect. I, I, I've never really, like, seen anybody play it before. I didn't really know how how it was going to go. And it was just, it was so, so cool. And I totally get why people um, get so invested into it, you know? And the, the, the place where I was, they had these uh, books like all these D and D books, like 
dozens of and dozens of D books like thick ass books and i'm like oh shit this game's like really really deep um and yeah we just did this quick little quest we actually didn't finish it we got i think halfway through it and then we had to call it a night so yeah we're get we're i'm definitely going to be playing again um it's i think uh, you often hear this but it's it's as good as your dm is right? exactly and that's how much yeah. fun you're gonna have yeah, yeah and also it's as good as the party is creatively Right. Yeah, it's definitely a game where like it's it's hard not to be shy, but don't be shy. Just just role play, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I'll add to this, um, like it's just so satisfying to be the DM as well for D and I've done it once or twice. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, I did a superhero themed one, so like there's a lot of like customization you can do with D and D, uh, and yeah. it's the best when your players are like really creative and um, especially you when play like, around somebody the does environment and stuff like right. Yeah, if someone yeah. says a suggestion, and it's, and like the DM is like, yeah, cool, um, that's the best because like that that whole idea of like improvising is just so unique right. for D and D, and it's just it's just fantastic to do. It. Yeah, and it's one of those games where like people can just say these like off the wall things and you're like yeah. okay i guess that's what that's where the story's going now cool yeah. all right wasn't planning for that but cool and like you said yeah good dm will just roll with it so yeah, yeah. played that last night i know it's not a video game but i think it's worth talking about dnd is awesome game game informer they did a, their top 50 rpgs a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. um they had a dnd as like a special kind of lateral to the first place but like just as a shout out because they were just pointing out without dnd we wouldn't have so many right of the games we have yeah, yeah exactly. it's like the original rpg you know i mean (laughs) yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't have you know like red dead and mass effect and all kinds of stuff if it weren't for dnd kind of inspiring an entire you know generation repeatedly each each generation people end up checking it out and getting inspired from it's proper game design it's true game design yeah it's really cool so yeah those are my that's what i've been playing this week um some really like deep ass games you know um, so let's let's toss it over to Chris because you've been playing a little bit maybe more lighter games maybe. Uh, what do you what, what have you been playing this week? Well, I don't know if it's that light or not, but uh, yes, <laughs> sir, I have been playing some Cuphead. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Cuphead is what you said for those who maybe didn't understand. Yes, sir. <laughs> In case your Canadian's a little rusty. <laughs> so is this your first time playing Cuphead? Um, so I tried to play it. Uh, about a year ago, I think, and I, I couldn't get f- far into it. I got annoyed, I got frustrated, and I stopped playing. But um, I had, con- like, when I was replaying it again on my new PC, and uh, uh, I really enjoyed my, my time with the game. Uh, the game design is challenging, but at the same time, like, the, bo- the you can tell, like, the bosses kind of, like, patterns and you gotta follow it you gotta follow a certain way of defeating the bosses and it's not as difficult as you might think you know like you just gotta uh it's it's difficult don't get me wrong but like you gotta use your reflexes your gaming skills to really defeat the enemy um to bot the boss and uh yeah like it's just a fantastic game in that retrospect and also I, i just love the visuals it's goddamn stunning (laughs) <laughs> like the, just so much personality in the in the animations and the hand drawn kind of nature of it, just fantastic. And it just takes that nineteen thirties look and just brings it to life. Uh, also, 
I'm just going to say this. Um, whoever composed the score for Cuphead was robbed at the Game Awards. My God. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Jeez, the music this is music so is good. so goddamn good. Um, yeah. It, the, the, the jazzy kind of, like, soundtrack and the just the personality of, like, the soundtrack in specific areas, like the world map, like, <laughs> being, like, this happy-go-lucky kind of, like, theme, and then you get that theme with... Um, the Mr. Dice or the, the the Dice kind of boss and it's like this jazzy kind of like <laughs> song with lyrics. Cuphead's it's, it's really fantastic. interesting too it's because wonderful. when you do the when you do the uh, the the Dice Casino battle, yeah. the game doesn't go to nine frames per second like Bloodstained. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I'm glad you're uh, enjoying Cuphead though, Chris. It's, so how far it's, it's how fantastic. far have you gotten? Do you know? Well, Caught of the way through. I'm on the second um, Inkwell Isle section. Okay, that's. Yeah. I think that's where I am. I'm stuck right now. I can't. Yeah, like, it's one I, of those I, games it's too. So tough. Uh, my right. one complaint would probably be the airplane sections. I, I don't think oh, they're needed. Oh man, um, they're, they're super tough. Uh, and yeah, sometimes it just feels like a bullet hell where there's not that much strategy in. in <laughs> you just have to be lucky, I guess. Um, hmm. I might be wrong about because that, but there just... is a little bit of like random generation, right? Like what, uh, what type of like? I guess because the bosses have like different phases, but yeah, sometimes it'll change each time you play. Yeah, so yeah, that's a that's an interesting point too. Um, cool. And what definitely else? change the controls too. Um, I talked to Joseph about this when he got it when it came out in Switch, but like, uh, the default controls are not. In, in my opinion, and in Chris Plant's uh, opinion at Polygon, are not as good. Um, if you tweak the controls, uh, I actually posted it in our in our Discord. I'll post it in our uh, our show notes in case anyone's interested since we're discussing it. But yeah, the, you can tweak the controls to make the game much uh, easier like it, to control. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point too. Um, all right, Chris, what else have you been playing? Uh, yeah, so I've been playing Dead or Alive 6, uh, the story mode. Uh, it's very <laughs> dumb. It's super dumb, <laughs> but it's. The, I'm laughing because Chris keeps possible. saying the story, the story. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can really say. Really, just uh, it's just a dumb story that's just uh, fun to just watch. <laughs> you know, and is it the game? Is it actually game, a well-designed fighting game? Uh, it's. It, I like the I like the fighting in Dead or Alive because it's very visceral, like. Uh, visceral um it feels cinematic in a way and i like the parry system so it does feel like it is a genuine fighting game it's just uh, a shame that they're focusing more on the the boobies uh than the fighting game mechanics or features i always thought it was really interesting that they have to reconcile like we're trying to make a really good serious just well-made fighting game and boobs they have to like combine those two things because those are the two fan bases uh-huh. It's bo- it's Boob Simulator 2019. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, so so nothing n- nothing too wild to report on uh, Dead or Alive Six, I guess. Right? No, now. no, okay. nothing much to say. I just added it in there. Just I don't know. <laughs> right, it's my twentieth <laughs> game I finished this year. So just, woo! Just All right, fair enough. Um, okay, uh, Josh, let's talk about what you've been playing because you've been playing a uh, sort of a meteor game here. What have you got? Oh, I am playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I uh, picked it up when it round launch, um, but I just, like like you mentioned with Metro Exodus, I just wasn't in the mood for um, 
a game with that much depth at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it came out, I think, was it 2018? Uh, yeah, October of 2018. Yeah, I, I don't remember what I was playing. I was playing a lot of a lot of things at the time, though, so I think I just was busy. Um, but yeah, I finally, um, I traded my physical copy in and uh, grabbed a digital copy during Xbox's summer sale because I prefer to be digital on Xbox. And um, it... Uh, so I got it for like like thirty bucks, I think. I don't remember, but anyway, uh, it's 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 really good. I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I know this isn't like revolutionary to say, but because <laughs> everyone loves it, but uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, as far as progress goes, I just finished the first legendary like uh, animal battle oh, the, with the bear. the bear. Yeah, and then on the way back, I'm actually on my way back right now. Um, I was very gracious and paused my game to record with you guys. Um, <laughs> um, um, no, but uh, on the way back to camp, uh, this lady, she was trapped under a horse and she needed help. So I helped her and then I offered her a ride, uh, not realizing I'd have to get rid of all my, my bear loot oh, no. to give her a ride back home. And so I told her that she had to find another ride because <laughs> yeah, I mean, just went through I've got trouble. like a 1,000 pound grizzly bear in the back of my horse. I'm not about to just abandon that to give her a ride. So she, I mean, she can call an Uber or something. She'll be fine. Yeah. But I at least got her from underneath that horse. So she's not dying now. You that know? was nice of you. Yeah, but I'm really enjoying it. It's really good. Um, it's absolutely stunning in 4k that was the entire reason i got it an xbox too is because i wanted to play it in rs um it's 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 so pretty um it's it's also a game where it is better if you don't try to rush right you know like it's gonna take longer to not fast track like i don't know how to explain like communicate like what i'm trying to say like articulate it uh a lot of things that uh can be tedious or annoying in rpgs that you would want to not do like for example fast travel might be preferable to you know just like doing that like getting somewhere more slowly and some other games but like here it's just it's it's so much it's so immersive that like i enjoy that it takes me 10 minutes to get to the place i'm going because i might stop and like kill a deer on the way there i might you know help a lady from under a horse and then tell her she has to walk home and like you have like little micro adventures and it truly does remind me of breath of the wild in, in that regard where like the journey itself is is just as good or better than the destination. Right. And I think that's a really hard thing to get right in a, a big-ass RPG, you know? So, I don't know, I'm probably, like, eight hours in, six hours in, something like that. I don't I don't remember, but, you know, something like that. So, I'm not I'm not super far into it, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm considering, like, you know, quitting my job and just doing that now. <laughs> you could just be a, a, Red Dead, a Red Dead streamer. Yeah, yeah. What, Chris, so. you're not a fan of Red Dead? No. No. Oh, Chris is wrong. <laughs> yeah, Chris is wrong. Yeah. I am wrong. Um, um, it's just not no, my game. Yeah, that's totally fair. But I think even if you dislike Red Dead, which I totally get why somebody would because it's kind of hard to get into, even if you dislike it, I think you can't overlook just how well designed it is. Like, I, I there are just little details that are incredible. I like the little details, um, but I feel like it, it feels way too long to play. It's just too... Um, oh yeah, overblown, and it just it just lasts way too long than it should, and uh, yeah, there's too that's many fair. immaculate details to the point of it affecting the game itself. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's a good little note. Arthur Morgan, his voice, dude, is so fucking Arthur cool. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got that good cowboy voice. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so let's end it there. Uh, uh, this has been episode 31. So before we get into plugs, I'll just do a couple housekeeping notes here. Um, you can support us on Patreon. We've got our dollar tier. You can toss us a buck if you like what we're doing. You can find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, uh, YouTube. Um, leave us reviews on i you know on iTunes. That helps with the algorithm. I know you always hear people say that, but it does help. Um, we've got a few like five star reviews already, so thank you. You don't have to write anything. You can just put you know just check the little five star. Um, you can find our shirt on Teespring. Um, Chris, you just ordered your shirt, didn't you? Yeah, it should be coming soon. Yeah, um, um, I'll probably post a picture on the Twitter page yeah, or something. Please do. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, and let's go around and we can uh, do our plugs here. So, uh, Chris, where can people find you uh, when you're not on Active Quest? Uh, yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Penwell Writes. I am writing something now, and uh, I, I just finished it. So uh, it's uh to do with like my wish list for kingdom hearts 4 i know typical chris writing about kingdom hearts (laughs) but um it's gonna be great uh i think yeah it's going up on jack of all controllers so yeah okay yeah recently joined them um and i'm also i might review hot shots tennis for uh rapid reviews uk as well so Keep a lookout. Awesome. I still got to record my VO for that, that interview series. So, oh man, I know. It's just so busy. To get people I am so yeah. busy. <laughs> uh, Josh, where can people find you online? At Mr. Josh Nichols on Twitter and twitch.tv slash jerkjersh77. And um, you can just find me being a cowboy. I'll probably end up streaming some, uh, <laughs> uh, some Red Dead 2. Because yeah! unlike Chris. I'm happy to just sit there and hunt rabbits for 45 minutes. I, I am with you. I'm, I totally am with you. Um, Chris, it does help if you drink whiskey and wear a cowboy hat while you were playing. Oh, my God. I don't have a cowboy hat yet, but I, I, I'd, rather join, I I'd rather me. join Chris and play, um, have whiskey and play uh, oh, Resident Evil 2 instead. Resident Evil, yeah. He does his uh, <laughs> whiskey Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And then for me, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Joseph Yaden uh, and on uh, PlayStation Lifestyle covering news throughout the week. Uh, again, I am still working on some stuff that I can't talk about. Here, Jeez. I'll put it to you this way. It gets boiled down to just trying to communicate with people via email, which just takes way longer than it yep. than if you tried communicating via Slack or something like that. So that's what that's boiling down to. Email takes too long. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, and that's been episode 31. Oh, one other thing, too. Um, I wanted to get uh, the, the two new Wolfenstein games that came out, uh, Youngblood and Cyberpilot, uh, but I just, like, literally did not have the time to. So hopefully, Oh, my God, dude. You have no idea. I've been looking forward to Youngblood. For, yeah. like, I have it pre-ordered. It's paid off. I just am not going to get it because, like, I just don't have time to yeah. play right now, but it looks so cool. So hopefully one of us will have picked it up uh, for next week's episode, yeah. episode 32. So stay tuned for that. And I'll, also, I'll, put that um, out. I'll put this out there for people. Um, what should we do for episode fifty? That's just an idea. Just just putting it out there. Like, what should we do? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think we here. should hog tie Chris and put him in the back of a horse and make him play Red Dead too. That's a great <laughs> idea. Yes. No! Let's do that. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll start talking about stuff to do for episode fifty. Um, also, you just put out your review for Crash Team Racing. That's live, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And then there was another review you guys did two are you working on right now right uh maybe bloodstain we're working on yes yeah you guys are doing bloodstained okay and then i think we can we can talk about it we just can't we can't talk about the game but we also are going to be uh, 
remember what the name was because they changed the name. Well, it was it was Ion Maiden. Now it's I I oh, Ion. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Ion Fury. Yeah. It's from uh, 3D Realms or the publisher. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, I, I guess we could yeah we're reviewing it, but the embargo ends in like mid August, so you know. Look forward to that. We just can't talk about it until, like, August 14th at, like, 10 a.m. or something. Okay, so we'll stay tuned for that. We should have plenty of time to cover that. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. I'm excited for that. All right, so it's been episode 31. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. You guys are awesome, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.